Welcome to I Am Telling, where we have real stories from real students. Our podcast features students from South Mountain Community College Storytelling Institute, located in Phoenix, Arizona. These stories are recorded live in a classroom setting with just one take. When I got married, I went through the typical white wedding dress in the church, the priest, and then just the wedding reception. But it was nothing incomparable to what, when I was 10 years old, that I experienced a traditional wedding from my own island and heritage. We moved from the Marsh Islands to Saipan, my grandmother's island, my mom's island, and my birth island. We were just there for a short while because waiting for the government to send my folks to another island to work. It was Gupud antes de umakamo, celebration before the wedding. Two days before the wedding, the groom and his family and the village from another side of the island prepared all the gifts to bring to the bride and her family and the village, which so happened that my grandmother lived in and we were in. It began with a procession-like, and the groom's family, they all stood outside the pathway to the bride's home. Musicians strumming their guitars and ukuleles, and singing, serenading, Nobia Kahulu, Dumfagasi, Matamu. And it's an announcement to the bride that this procession of the groom is coming. You better get up and get ready for your wedding. <laughs> and this is just the party. And women behind them carrying baskets filled with mama'un, the chu. Very important in the tradition. It's the pupulu, which is the leaf, the bironut, which is the pugwa, the afuk, which is the lime, coral lime, and the amaska, which is the chewing tobacco. And you would roll it up and stuff it in the side of your mouth, which side you prefer. It was a tradition that was brought to us many, many years ago from Indonesia. Followed behind them was a fattened cow, a carabao cart full of firewood. Behind them were women carrying flowers, produces, and all the food to prepare for the wedding banquet. The next day, as we got up, the groom's family and the village once again came down to the bride's family in the village to begin the preparation for the wedding celebration. They had slaughtered the cow, and my mom was assigned to the group of women that were given the task to clean the cow's stomach. It had, it was in big buckets, and they walked across the main road to the beach, 
and waded into the ocean until they were waist high. But I was little. I was walking behind my mom, and I was almost drowning, trying to keep up. And they began to, each group of women had one part of the cow's stomach, beef tripe. One had the smooth one. One had the honeycomb one, which was my mom's group. And the other group had the one that they called the book because the membranes were folded like pages of a book. And they began to wash them like you're washing a towel, dipping them and rubbing them and scrubbing them. And they were happy and laughing. And I was like, every time the wave went, you saw all this stuff come out. I'm like, oh, yuck. (laughs) But then I realized it does not stink. It wasn't yuck. It smelled like fresh cut grass as they were cleaning it. And maybe that's why they were happy and laughing and talking about other things. And they were happy that they were given the task to clean this thing. I wouldn't. Not today. (laughs) So they took that back and handed over to the group of people who were given the task to cook that food. Every person in the village, from the groom's side and the bride's side, were given tasks you're the vegetable people, you're the baking people, and you're the flower arranger, and you're this and that. And everybody was busy doing all this. And then we all went to bed. The next morning, my grandmother, my grandmother, our people way before before the colonization, were big people. The men were almost seven feet tall. The women were almost six feet tall. And, but my great-grandma, I don't know where she came from. She was tiny, like this. <laughs> and they rose up early on the wedding day. And they went out. And in the village where my grandma lived, there was about maybe 100 families. And so from the groom's village, there were maybe another 100 families. So they all came. And outside every home, you would have a palapala. And what is a palapala? It, we call it a dirty kitchen. It's like a ramada, and it has an outdoor wooden stove-like big, and it's where everybody gathered. But I called it a dirty kitchen because it was all the stuff there. So, but it was the palapala. But then on the other side of my grandma's house, there were wooden homes with they almost reminded me of in Puerto Rico and Cuba and all that, the homes of the the farms that were rounded like, and they had all the, and tin roof. And on the side was their bathing house. But they had a big, big vat or container, and it was for to capture the rainwater, and she had several sheets of cheesecloth to filter it. And I followed my grandmother and my great-grandmother, and they went out to their bathing house, and they unrolled their hair. It was salt and pepper, long. And they began to pour the rainwater in their hair. Then my grandmother had sliced this lime, lemon, lime. It's an Asian lime, as we were told. It's this big as a grapefruit, green. And when you slice it open, it was green, and it was so fragrant. And each of them took one, and they 
washed it in their hair, scrubbed it and everything. It was so fragrant. I said, oh, why don't you use shampoo? What are you talking about? And and it was fragrant. It cleaned their hair. And when that one was done, they air dried it, combed it, and uh, formed it into a beautiful bun. Adorned it with a comb that was from a turtle shell carved out. And they stuck it on their head like that. Now, in their room, there was two beds. And I thought they were just going to wear regular clothes. No. They had several pieces, layers of their outfits. They were traditional. So first, they wore, my grandma and my great-grandma, they put on this sleeveless, white cotton slip. It went to the floor. Then the second piece was a half slip with an elastic waistline. And the bottom, it depends on how you ornate you want it. You can put lace at the bottom. Then the next piece was the skirt. It was a bright floral skirt. It was a maxi skirt. So when you turned, the the skirt opened up like that, like a flower bloom and it was beautiful so they got it on them and tied it on the side and the skirt had a short train and the train you lifted it up and it had a little ring and you put it in your finger and you carry like this as and sashayed it like that that was the purpose of that then I thought when are they going to finish dressing there's more so They got this other piece, which was a half white cotton filigreed camisole, sleeveless again. They put that on, and I thought, oh, they're done. No, it was topped off with a, I called it a half jacket-like, but the fabric was mesh like a fine screen. And the beauty of that is that when they put it on and they pinned it, the sleeve was like a butterfly, but it was stiff. That top was introduced to our islands from the Philippines. And so if you see Imelda Marcus back then, she wore like this. That was introduced to us as traditional outfits. But it wasn't finished because (laughs) the skirt had this floral print. And they took the design of that floral print and embroidered it on to the butterfly sleeve. So as you sachet, you can see the butterfly, it match. But I thought, yay, we're done. Nope, not done. It was the tsinkletas. The tsinkletas was their slippers. And their slippers was very special because it was velvet. It had a little heel, and they put their, they slide their feet in. But on the velvet covered in their foot was the same pattern as the design on their skirt 
which was sewn on by bead, with beads onto the tikletas, the slippers. And so it matched. So when they sashayed, you saw the same design with the slippers and the sleeves. There were many aspects of the wedding, but those two, the cow washing the beef tripe, and my grandmother and my great-grandmother getting dressed in the old traditional outfits. I was so impressed that I was deciding how to tell my story, but this is how I remembered it at 10 years old. It cannot compare to anything I've seen in the modern days today, and they were beautiful. They were spectacular. It is no longer practiced. If you are interested in learning how to become a storyteller, please visit our website at southmountaincc.edu forward slash storytelling.